play, especially against the Indians' big right-handed closer, Rafael Fuentes. Because the other stat bouncing around inside Brian's head like a pinball was that Curtis had never gotten a hit off Rafael Fuentes. Was 0 for 14 lifetime. And Mike Pirelli, kneeling there in the on-deck circle, he was 1 for 20 against the guy. If Curtis didn't get the home run and get it right now, they were as good as an extra innings already. Lay one down, Brian said out loud, almost like he couldn't help himself. From where he sat, he had a perfect view of Davy going through all his signals. Those signals went to the Tigers' third base coach, Nate Vinton, who then flashed them to Curtis. Willie didn't need the middleman. He was staring into the dugout at Davy the same as Nate was. More baseball stuff that Brian loved. The play having this kind of drama, even before Rafael Fuentes delivered the ball to the plate. Brian was never bored by any of it, whether he was at the ballpark or watching on television. He realized he wasn't just thinking along with Davey. He was thinking along with the Indians' manager at the same time as he brought his corner infielders in and left his shortstop and second baseman in their regular spots, knowing a ground ball double play would get them out of the inning, provided they could double up a speed guy like Curtis. It was the first midweek afternoon game since school had let out, and for Brian, this felt like the real start of summer, no matter what the calendar said. Summer was something you could hear and feel all around you at Comerica, filled with all this noise and all these possibilities, and all this baseball. Yeah, this was summer. Curtis got into the batter's box. Rafael Fuentes was ready to pitch. This close to the field, Fuentes, at six foot four and 245 pounds, looked as big to Brian as Shaquille O'Neal. Fuentes liked to pitch from the stretch and was doing so now, eyeballing Willie Vasquez as he juked around off third base. One more drama, Brian knew, this one between pitcher and base runner. Fuentes stood there so long, as if frozen, that Curtis stepped out of the batter's box and went through his whole routine of getting ready again loosening and refastening his batting gloves, then taking a practice swing. Brian knew that some people hated all the starts and stops of baseball, all the breaks and the action. Not Brian Dudley. He wasn't ever going to be somebody who came to the ballpark and as soon as he got there, acted as if he had somewhere else to be. When he was at the ballpark, Brian was always where he wanted to be. Sometimes he felt more at home at Comerica than he did at his own home. Curtis dug back in. Fuentes began his pitching motion, checked quickly one more time on Willie, then blue strike one right past Curtis. High heat, pure cheese. Curtis swinging right through it. The pitch measured 97 miles per hour on the huge scoreboard towering over left field at Comerica. Lay one down, Brian thought again. The first and third basemen were still in at the corners. Had to be, just to make sure. But they had seen Curtis swing from his heels the way everybody in the ballpark had, like he was trying to hit one all the way to Canada. Fuente's right arm came forward again, another fastball, but Curtis Keller had dropped the head of the bat. Bunt. Not the kind of bunts they taught you in Little League, where you squared for a straight sacrifice and practically made an announcement to the infielders that you were bunting. No, this was the way you bunted, even with the third baseman charging in, when you were bunting for a base hit, when you deadened the ball and came racing out of the batter's box like a sprinter in track, coming out of the blocks. Curtis actually laid down a beauty, the ball dying like a toy car that had run out of batteries as Willie Vasquez, coming the other way, blew right past it. 
Gus Howell, the Indians' third baseman, made a great play on the ball, flung its sidearm, nearly underhanded, toward home plate. If the runner had been a slow one, the throw might have had a chance. But it was Willie who slid across home plate with a winning run and then bounced right up, clapping his hands, yelling, Yeah! Yeah, baby! You had to be close to the field to hear him because all around, from every corner of the ballpark, came the happy roar of Comerica. The sound baseball made when your team won. The Indians were already walking off the field. Game over. The Tigers in the dugout were pouring out onto the field. Even though it was only June, everybody already knew it was going to come down to the Tigers and the Indians in the American League Central this year. The Tigers had just swept the first series of the season between the two teams, their biggest wins of the young season. Brian was on his feet now. He saw Davy Schofields grinning at him from the other end of the dugout. Lay one down, Davy said. Brian said...